Donna Dunk. This is Lee Dort, and I'm Donna Dort. I'm Josh Giddy, and I'm down to dunk. Hey, this is Kenny Hustle, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Poku, and I'm down to dunk. I love cereal. Captain Crunch. Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Cracklin' Oat Bran. Oh, I can have these? I'm going to share with my team, but I'm a hog most of Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, uh, it's Monday, so everything looks and feels great. I have a new week ahead. Um, A lot of great games, hopefully. I don't know. Um, I, I should pretend a little bit... Uh, with a better convincing tone, but hey, we have <laughs> the future is bright ahead. <laughs> yeah, the Thunder play the Chicago Bulls tonight, who got completely destroyed by the Magic last night in Orlando. And yep. here's the injury report: it's not not looking too good. Lonzo Ball obviously out; he's got a bone contusion in his left knee. Alex Caruso was almost murdered on live television the other night, is out. Uh, Javante Green is questionable. Uh, Derek Jones Jr. is out with a hyperextended right knee. Zach Levine is questionable with left knee soreness. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is questionable with a left patella contusion. And obviously Patrick Williams out with a left ligament tear. Uh, for OKC, we got our G League guys out. Teo, who's actually played well in the G League since he has been down there, uh, regularly scoring 25-plus points per game, which is good compared to what he had been. So perhaps, nice. perhaps he's not a lost cause, or perhaps he's just a G League-level player. We'll see. Uh, Poku is also out on G League assignment, as is Paul Watson. And Derek Favors is out with a with lower back soreness. So it doesn't look too good <laughs> as far as trying to lose this game. You have the Bulls traveling, second out of a back-to-back after losing. So maybe the losing will motivate them, light a fire under them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably better than them beating the Magic if we're trying to look at it positively. But also there's a good chance that this Thunder team... I mean, they want to win games. It hadn't looked like it lately, but I promise you, they the the players and the coaching staff would like to win games. And this uh, this Bulls squad is uh, pretty pretty downtrodden right now. So the Thunder have a, a pretty big <clears throat> opportunity tonight to go grab one at home. Yeah, and please make it fun. Uh, I mean, the whole point is to show people that uh, the the only the last thing that you want is a victory. That is no fun. Yeah. Like one of those games where everyone plays terrible and you act and you also win the game. That is mm-hmm. not good. But if you either lose by like fighting or win, but you win in a fancy way, like Shea goes to goes with, I don't know, 48, 48 points, 50 points. Yeah. This could have been this could be like Shea is is not here uh, as of late. He had a very good games uh, last one. It was awesome. So maybe it's um, the game where he plays uh, forty minutes and scores. I don't know, yeah, fifty points, um, something like that. Um, because be. if you like a game where I don't know, Ty Jerome makes twenty two points uh, with nineteen shots and Chicago can make a basket, that is not what I want to watch. <laughs> I know, and we'll see what happens. The Thunder have looked less than inspiring lately on the court. Maybe returning home will help. You know, they lost um, all those games on the road trip, which I I thought they would get one, you know, Mm -hmm. and they lost all of them. They've lost five in a row currently. They are one and nine in their last ten. They currently sit at fourth in the reverse standings. They are half a game back of the Houston Rockets, who sit at third. Then the Rockets have been playing really well lately. They're four and six in their last ten. So there's hope there. 
the trade deadline will determine a lot of things. There was a report today from Kelly Eco that there's a chance that Eric Gordon remains on the Rockets. Now, whether that's posturing or perhaps it's true, because I I would trade Eric Gordon, first of all. If I were the Rockets, absolutely trade the yeah. man. Get him somewhere else. However, there's also a good chance Kenrich Williams remains on the Thunder roster. And while Eric Gordon is probably a lot more important to the Rockets than Kenrich is to OKC. Um, How dare you? Kenrich, well, I mean, I kind of have a hard time believing he's, he's going to be moved. I have heard very, very little um, to, that makes me believe he will actually be moved. Yeah, I mean, um, Eric Gordon has still two years or just one year after this one? I think he has one year after this and then non-guaranteed after that, I believe. Yeah, which makes uh, the best point to trade him, not now, but in in June, yeah, uh, June, so. July. Sure. Um, because you have only one year, no future commitment, no future money. Uh, when team are quote-unquote budgeting they they know what they sign up for and then it's not guaranteed the year after so i think that uh, it's not it's not a bad move from houston if they have the commitment of the player that maybe wants to get somewhere knows that that somewhere is not going to materialize right now um i don't know maybe eric gordon wants to come back to new orleans um i don't know if this is true but just to make a silly example they cannot make a trade right now but hey maybe in the summer they shuffle things around and he can get there. So I think that it's smart from Houston point of view to at least suggest to Calico that they are not going to move him for the sake of moving it, yeah. moving him. Um, which I think that part is very real. Uh, th there is no point in like pushing a narrative that says otherwise. It's for the good of everyone, like to do whatever the player wants uh, to increase his value, because you know that the offer has to be good in order for them to at least listen, listen to it. And then again, you position yourself to move him in the summer where the value, I think, especially if he close well, closes well the season, uh, then the value can be at the highest point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. Uh, Part of me would want to move him to like right now because his value is quite high, 45% from three on five attempts, 14 points. He's leading them to wins. <laughs> I mean, yeah. uh, and also the injury stuff with him throughout his whole career yeah. has been a big thing. And let's say he, I mean, he could get hurt in March. And yeah, then, that, that is true. And then what? I mean, that's where that that's yeah. Where but I suppose that the, like, the price today you know, is a second. It it might be better than not being able to move him because he's hurt. Why? Like because he like yes, you it's risk a, good second. a second. Um, you don't have any issues in terms of future money. Um, you you don't really. I mean, yes, it would be nice to move him because it gives you more flexibility with uh, with the wall situation. But even that, like. It's not that they are paying like it, they they're not in a position where they owe luxury tax money for the next four years sure. so it's really a non-issue right now not, so not, yes you're gambling a second not necessarily a money issue but yeah exactly another, you you're at the apple you're basically betting a second rounder right now uh you're sacrificing a second rounder, rounder right right now in order to collect maybe something better um yeah. next summer which, again, for a team like Houston, it probably makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. you can get good players with the second rounder, but suppose that he finishes the season at that mark, like 45%, 14, 16 points per game, one year, not very high money. I think that the contender may put in a protected first, which yeah. I don't think it's in the market right now. Or at the draft, you could trade him. Or at the draft, sure, sure, yes. You could throw yes. him in with something else you know, and get something else that you'd like. So perhaps that's the move too. Is like and that might be the move with some stuff with the Thunder too. I mean, who who knows? I would be surprised if they did anything earth shattering 
speaking about OKC at the trade deadline. Uh, who would you say is the, the the guy you think is most likely to be traded? I don't want to start with the hot sauce right now. Uh, so but I will, I will you know that he's not the most likely to be traded. So I know. We can, I know, we can I know, get there. We can get there. Everybody sees the title of the pod. Everybody, we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think that the one guy that is easily moved, and I also think that they are showcasing him a little bit too much. Uh, for his production <laughs> is Ty Jerome. Um, yeah, I think that, like, like if someone has to put to give salary to OKC, uh-huh. um, you give them Ty Jerome, mm-hmm. or depending on the salary, Ty Jerome plus favors if the salary is really big, mm-hmm. which I don't expect that to be. Mm-hmm. the case um i don't know how much you can collect but hey he's a human being um that can potentially shoot the basketball i know that he's not a guy that is uh having a great season from three-point range uh yeah. but he's a capable shooter and he's a player that if you need someone that organizes um good players for five seven eight minutes um, that that can be done uh, so Maybe you get that slightly better second by putting Ty Jerome into the deal. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't know. Somebody would have had to really like him at the draft, basically. For for them yeah. to, to or bank on, on last year. Some mm-hmm. some sometimes they look at OKC, they have no spacing. Ty Jerome has a lot of contested shots. Um he's hitting the deep ball uh at a reasonable percentage. So maybe, maybe someone can say, hey. You have to give me something uh, because you have at least to to touch uh, in any NBA deal. So mm-hmm. is cheap money. Maybe I can get him to to shoot better here. Yeah, yeah. I I might say Darius might be the one on the move. Hmm. Not for anything. I mean, it would probably be for like a late second at this point. Um, but I think that there's a chance. That he could be on the move, and then honestly, you look at everybody else, like Shea Dort, Giddy. We'll talk about Dort here in a second, but to me, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to move those guys today. And then you have like JRE and Wiggins and Kenrich, and I love Kenrich. Would I probably trade him if I had the choice? I probably would. <gasps> um, he's a lever, the lever to pull. However. I don't think that's going to happen. Also, I don't have to like look the man in the face and be like, "Hey, listen. We're sending you to wherever, you know." And him look at me and say, "I love it here. I love Lake Hefner." You know, yeah. I don't have to I don't have to listen to him say it. Uh and then everybody like Trey Man, be, yeah. Favor, no, like no, no. Favors is no value. Trey Man, they're they want to see him what he does. Poku has no value and is is Poku. You know, Mike Muscala also loves it here too much. And everybody else is just like, yeah, like, why? <laughs> so yeah. there's not like a exactly. huge case to move a lot of guys on this team. No, I I, I agree. Um, on Kenrich, I mean, if the the only reason because you want to trade him is to pull a lever, yeah. just talk to the guy, hey, when you were away, we lost a bunch of games. Yeah, We know we will take care of you. Don't worry. It's the care of you big time. You still have a year with us where you will play. Yeah. So no backs to back, no back to backs for you. Uh, you can stay clear of long road trips. You have a family here. Just enjoy. And you play over the last thirty-eight games, thirty-nine, whatever, thirty-six. I don't, I don't know how to do the math right now. Um, probably thirty-six. Um, you just play twenty of them, twenty-two. I'd be fine. That's also a lever to pull within it. You know. Yeah. The Same trade. with Mike. Yeah, hey. I'm not. I'm not worried. Like they, like Mike, may not play a whole lot down the stretch at all. Like I would not be. Yeah. surprised. Tell that to those guys. Don't trade them. Yeah. There is no point to me in trading guys that are extremely functional to what you want to do. Yeah. Guess game for you, Andrew. Guess game. Ooh, um, let's do it. I have a lineup here that features Shea Gilgis Alexander uh-huh. and another player on the court. Uh huh. And two players off the court. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um, 
the net rating of that unit on 220 possessions is plus 16.5. Nice. Guess. 123 points on offense, by the way. Oh, mama. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shea, Giddy, Kenrich. No, 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 no. Wait, no, what? No. what Just I... one player on the court. Kenrich. Uh, that is mandatory. Kenrich. That is correct. Yeah. Two players that have to be off the court. <laughs> Dort. And yes, uh, Baisley, nope, Dort, not Giddy, nope, um, Dort and JRE, I don't know, nope, you're gonna make me guess the whole way through. Yes, (laughs) he's tall (laughs) and skinny, Poku, yes, so, um, yeah, Poku. Uh, I gotta, I gotta. I know, but there were like seriously bad lineups uh, with Shea and well, Shea Kenrich and and and, and Poku. Um, yeah, yeah. I got uh, I got to table my Poku thoughts for a while. I got to see him again once he comes back. From yeah, the exactly. If you if you put in Pokushevsky, the, the net rating drops, but it's still in double digits. So, yeah. um, if you put Shea and Dort. And you remove Baisley, you remove Pokushevsky, you remove Maledon. It's still not good. Not good at all. Yeah, it's not. Um, my theory is that Lugan Stort can be a pretty good basketball player uh, in OKC and elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I almost made up my mind that he's not a fit with, um, with Shea, with Giddy. You need different players. Um, I was discussing with John the concept of taking away shots from elite guys. Mm-hmm. And I do think that Dort he is doing that. He's taking way too many possessions for his efficiency. Um, he's not a player that impacts the game at such a high level defensively where you clearly see the value. Uh, in numbers and or in one-on-one matchups, yeah, and and then you have Kenridge on the other end, super duper low maintenance guy. Mm-hmm. He does all the right plays both ends of the court. Um, he shoots the basketball pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. He's two seasons above thirty-seven percent um, on reasonable amount of attempts. Yeah, he plays the right way. He screams at people. He's vocal. Um, he's a guy that um, may not be uh, a, a guy that locks down anyone in the league, but he made the right play. He made the right play against Garland. He can make the right play against Devin Booker, maybe against uh, a bigger wing. So my question is, why? Like, why is Dort a lock to start? If you tell me today, and this is the last thing that I will say before suggesting very stupid and uh, insane traits, um, but if you say to me today that Dort accepts something below 20 millions per year and agrees to be Trey Man running mate off the bench to give a punch and to bite everyone, to eat everyone alive when he's on the court for 15, 18, 20 minutes. Yeah. I would sign up for that today. Yeah. But I don't know if this is what Lodort wants. Yeah, I don't even know if that's what the Thunder want from him in the future if he's on this team, to be honest. Um, I mean, part of like why this team doesn't work and like why things don't work is that nearly everybody is being put in a position that they're not designed to be in, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you add, ideally, you're the Thunder are going to add two to three more significant pieces to this team. And, you know, I asked, and well, I, the part of, this exercise I'd like to go through like who we think will be on this team in 2023. That's on the current team. I asked, I asked on Twitter, I got tons of responses. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk through that in a minute, but like part of the thing is that like, I don't even know if Shay is like <laughs> necessarily in the exact position that he's going to ultimately be in. Uh, I don't know that Josh is, I know Dort is not in the position that he's supposed to be in. You know, most mm-hmm. of these guys are not playing the role that they should. And that's because, like, that's the way this team was designed. Like, this team wasn't put together to work. 
they weren't designed to go out there and win basketball games. They are designed to be able to take on significant players. And mm-hmm. the I mean, there's a chance. I mean, you go to Tankathon today and you go look at what the Clippers have upcoming. Like, there's a chance that they've got a, a two very good top 10 picks in this next draft. And yeah. you've got to hit on you got to hit on the top one. But then you're going to have a chance. So, I mean, look what they have a chance to do what Orlando did, right? In this last draft, where they get Jalen Suggs and Franz Wagner. Franz Wagner was underrated in the draft process. People mm-hmm. didn't know how he would translate to the NBA level. Turns out, pretty great. He's shooting the ball yeah. well. He is somebody that can run a pick and roll. He's somebody that can defend. Like he is. That's a really good player. That's a guy that probably should have gone at least seventh, if not sixth or fifth. In the draft. Oh, would you pick him before Dort? Uh, I'm sorry, before Giddy. I would have to sit down and really take a look, to be honest. Yeah. Before I would, I kind before of said I would the same. say yes or no. Um, I really can, like. Can Giddy. I ask him one I, more question? Yeah, on yeah, the draft? yeah, yeah. Because I answered today on. Um, oh, I listened. I listened. Yeah. Yeah, but I was curious. What's your take on JRE versus the two second round pick, where you could have? Taking Ayo de Sumnu and Herb Herb Jones, I'm kind of yeah yeah I would I mean I would rather have the two and Herb and maybe Desumu. I don't know if I want him on this particular team. But come on, you can scream Ayo every time you want. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Let me look at it real quick and see if there's anybody else that would, that I would rather have. Herb Jones is like the no brainer. Like that. Yeah. That's like the one I would rather have. Oh, you, um, you, I'm sure that you would. Um, yeah. I mean, you are going to say Jared Butler. Oh, for sure. yeah, Jared Butler. Yeah, I really like Jared Butler. That's another one. Or like take a swing at BJ Boston, who's looked pretty good for the Clippers. Yeah. Um, I would probably. That's probably what's. That's probably what I would do. Is yeah. Um, Herb Jones, who we know is like a role player, six seven wing. He's a little bit older, but who cares? You're in the second round. Uh, and then BJ Boston. Um, yeah. That's that's probably what I would do. Is just keep the keep the two picks and do that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's probably what I would do. And then as far as like the Giddy pick, like I really like Josh Giddy. I think he's really good. I think that he's somebody that will be in the league for a long time. I think that he could be a lead guard for most teams. It's great. They made a very good pick. He leads the rookie class in rebounding and assists. He's going to have a great career. Uh, I haven't. I can't sit here and say like I would definitely a hundred percent take him over Franz Wagner. I haven't. I've watched some of Franz Wagner. I've watched mm-hmm. two Magic games. Uh, yeah, a lot of people really like him. I haven't watched enough to be able to say definitively that I would want Giddy over him. Uh, also, yeah. it's such a small sample in the league. And yeah. Wagner's opportunities are different than Giddy's, and he's they have different starting points. I mean, I don't know. I would still probably stick with Giddy there today, um, at in the position that I am now. Yeah, same, same here. Uh, I think that OKC is uh, searching for a high upside guy, high culture guy. Uh, Franz Wagner seems mm-hmm. to be the latter, like a high uh, character. Uh, very good for very good for your culture. Very well rounded and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is not what OKC should try to get with the number six pick. Yeah, uh, I think that elite uh, elite skills are extremely important. Yeah, and Giddy has clearly one. Yeah, um, definitely. But anyways, my point was, they have a chance to do this in this next draft. Is yeah, higher pick, lower pick. If you can nail those, like this roster is built to take on those guys. Like yeah. that's that's what the flexibility and the let's see if we can get Jerry to play multiple positions. Let's see if we can get Giddy to play multiple positions. Same with everybody. And with that, you're gonna get a ton of mixed results. Like there's just yeah. no doubt. Like you're not going to like you're you're just some things have worked. Sure. Cool. For the most part, though. This team is not designed to work. They're designed to see where are the major deficiencies and where is their success. 
Like those are that's what they're looking at. They're not going to end this year and bring Mark Degnall in. Well, Mark, you only won twenty two games this year. You know we're going to have to let you go. <laughs> like, you know, like it's not. We have to understand like where they are, what they're building for, and so I've seen Lou do it in the playoffs, which I think matters. You do have to ask yourself the question, if you're building this team around Shea and Giddy, is Dort even a good fifth starter for them? Which I think is what he might be at the end of the day. I know you and don't. To me, the answer of that is no. Um you do have to ask that question. And I don't know where the Thunder land on that. If he were a lower usage corner three-point shooter, would you feel better about it? Because his corner three is something that has stuck and has done well the past two years. And that's the, to me, that's the only thing that gives me pause because he, right now, of the guys in the rotation... He has the second highest percentage in the corners. It's the attempts aren't huge, but yeah, he's got the second highest percentage, and it's and it was the same last year. So it's not something it's not that's fluky. like wildly inconsistent. So I'm just that's where that's where my pause is because the Thunder will eventually need a somebody that can defend and somebody that can be the weak side corner three point shooter, and if you can make that I wouldn't hate it but right now like he's being put in the position to be the second score and he's not the second score for anybody I think he is putting also himself in the position to be the second score on the team I but who else is going to do it though Michele would be my question like who else who else is going to be the second score on this team like that so, somebody has the, to score the points I know uh, basically starting um, like was starting in the beginning of the year and they said nope and to me they should start saying the same to Dort yeah. otherwise it, it makes no sense like to me who are you giving the shots what, to I guess would be my question oh just give 12 shots to to, to Kenrich Williams uh, just you start move. winning games we don't want to do that no I mean my, my point with, uh, with Dort is the the concept of the team that you want to build alongside Shea and Giddy. And yeah. to me, um, the idea of having a steady corner three-point shooter is not the way in which you maximize both Giddy and Shea. In order to maximize them both, you need to move around. You need to be able to create space by the sheer of movement. You need to be very timely with your cuts. You need to do all the right things offensively. And when I watch Kenrich, he does every single read every single one of them yeah. uh, well. And on top of that, he is a reliable three-point shooter. Again, the defense doesn't suffer when he's on the court compared to Dort. Uh, maybe because Dort is pushing so much on offense that it is not the same on defense. That's why I'm, I'm saying to you, if you tell me today that he's okay being a guy that starts off the bench and gives a punch, like Marcus Smart in his best years in Boston, I think that he has the same... Uh, abilities and close to the same issues. Like mm -hmm. he may work as a as a guy that can be situational in the playoffs, but I don't want my starter unit to have a guy that in you already know that in order for him to be efficient, you need to search for a three point shot for him. Yeah, he's not the guy who searches for a three point shot for himself like Corver. Corver will hunt a three-point shot for the entirety of the possession, and eventually he gets that. Yeah. Kenrich is similar. Kenrich move, moves around. He attacks. I don't know. I At the beginning of the season, this discussion seemed like completely pointless. But yeah. at the end, I remember myself having a discussion um, with a friend about Russell Westbrook and LeBron James uh, a couple of years ago. And we were saying, hey, it's not that LeBron takes good shots. It's just they go in. And that is important. Like, mm -hmm. you can have the, the luxury of having a guy like Thor that takes questionable shots if he makes them. Mm -hmm. But the if is so important when you have guys like Shea, guys like Giddy, that are guys that need the ball in their hands and need to generate possessions. Mm -hmm. So to me, the question that I have is this one. Like, you have already uh, two guys that are 
possessions heavy. You can give Giddy 16, 18 shots per game. I would be completely fine, especially if you can surround them with shooting. Now, that will lead to more wins. Uh, and th this is why I don't see Dort as the fifth player. Again, sold me on a bench roll. Great. That is, that is good to me. That's why I should go to Chicago. Yeah, <laughs> Chicago. What Chicago need him for? Oh, everything. They have versatile scores all over the place. They can they can they can put Dort alongside Lonzo Ball, um, Levine, I know, but DDR, isn't he just and Vucevic. Sorry, he's kind of Caruso. Yeah, do you don't you don't want two Carusos if you can in a in a in a unit where you can really play both of them twenty four minutes and have maximum production? Yeah. I don't know. Ah, I what's think the trade? What's the, okay, so what's the trade? Like, what do you? I don't know. First round pick and uh, and uh, Kobe White. Kobe, what do you want with Kobe White? Nothing. <laughs> I don't care. It's just a name that plays actually plays for them, and they they want to get rid of him. Yeah, uh, I don't. No, I'm not doing that. I and I don't. And I'm actually, I actually kind of like Kobe White, but he and Trey Mann are like similar. Yeah, Kobe White is taller. Is he? Yeah. How much taller is Kobe White? An inch. <laughs> yeah, I would. Here's here's my thing. Is like let's let's see what they get in this draft. You know, let me see it. I just want to see what they get in this draft, and then I want to see because Ludort's usage will have to come down. One of the problems is, is like they didn't draft a high usage guy. In, in Josh Giddy in this last draft. Josh is looking for others to score, and he will play finish when he has to play finish, but he's looking for shots for others. Whoever they get, ideally, you get Jabari Smith in this next draft. And that mm -hmm. could unlock so many things for so many guys. Um, so I just, I just want to see what they get in this next draft before I'm just starting to sell off guys that I know are NBA guys. Like, I know Lou Dorsey, an NBA guy. Like yeah. How many guys can you count that, you're on, that are on this roster that you say, I know for sure this is an NBA guy. He will be in the league in the next five years. I don't possibly care. What, what are you care? Why? Because I think... I may I made up my mind. I may be wrong. Uh, I may be dead wrong. He may be very good uh, in the future. And but I today I would much rather have a first unit that runs smoothly. Yeah. And Shea, Giddy, um, Muscala, Kenrich plays very good basketball. They learn how to play a sustainable and good brand of basketball. Mm -hmm. Because if you if you sub in. Jabari Smith for Mike Muscala. Wow, that is awesome. It's awesome. You just reroute a little bit of the shots that Mike is taking to Jabari and done. That is done. I want that to happen. I yeah. want Shays and Giddy's chemistry go through the roof mm -hmm. over the next 36 games and have a horrible bench that has minus 28 uh, <laughs> every single night. Like a Semaj-like second unit that destroys everything that the first unit does. That yeah. is perfect to me. Just give me great basketball with your second basketball that makes absolute sense with the first unit yeah and learn how to play that way that is extremely important we are discounting that like with dort on the court you cannot play that brand of basketball when kenrich is on or wiggins is on you can yeah you just have to be especially with lou you have to be extremely sure on what you think that he is part of it is because he and shay are so close and I know it's a business and everything like I that. Know, I know. That is like a, that's a part of it. And, you know, the Thunder traded Jeff Green. Jeff Green was KD's guy. And mm -hmm. did that have an impact at the end of the day? Like, I have no idea if it did or not. Like, nobody really knows if that really made that big of an impact. However, like, these are guys that are both from Canada. Like, I, it plays into it. And we've seen Dort do good things, we've seen him be a good player. Okay. It's not like he's let's let's say that we, it's not we like I feel like you're almost treating Dort like he's Darius Baisley. And I'm just I just don't I just completely I think that's completely nutso. And I just I Yeah, I, I'm not saying he's Baisley. Because Baisley he's shorter. Come on. <laughs> wow. 
We've seen Dort be good. And I know you, I know, <laughs> I know, I know you and I'm Alex kidding. have made up your minds about Dort, but No, I'm, I'm I made up my mind with the fit with the starters. That that to me is I may I may I may be wrong. I've seen it work, but I've seen it work only when he was shooting 40% from the field. From yeah. the core. From, sorry, uh, that is um um no, 40% from three. Yeah. That is the only way in which that things work. And I don't think that is sustainable. Yeah. That's why I have what, again. What if Lou I mean Lou's helping the tank a little bit here too, <laughs> with the way that this team is starting, as is Josh, as is Jeremiah. Like that starting unit does not play well together. Yeah. Um and I mean you look at the guys that have positive point differentials. It's Kenrich Williams still at the top plus fifteen. It's Mike Muscala plus eleven. It's Ty Jerome plus twelve. It's Aaron Wiggins plus eight. Which is a really Why Aaron Wiggins he's plus eight? It's a really interesting one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, let me let me look at some lineup, some some deeper lineup data real quick, because it is really interesting. Let's see who he's played the most with, and Shea is also positive, by the way, which yeah, I think sure. which I think is like that's a that's a good sign. I know people have been. I feel like everybody's been all over the map with everybody on this team <laughs> this season. Yeah, we're suggesting uh, Ben Simmons uh, for Shea trade a week ago. No, that that was mostly kidding. I just wanted to know how much you think Shea can get into the open market for a guy like that. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I still think that's dumb. I really, I think <laughs> Shea is long term like a good fit for the city yeah. for what they're trying to do. Like he is. He's, can I ask you a question, though? You can always ask me any question. Of course I can. Uh, so I'll do it. I was suggesting Kobe White and a good pick. Yeah. What is the likelihood of Dort being better in terms of value than a good pick? What's a good pick to you? Give me a give me a better ballpark on what you're talking. Oh, about. I want uh, I want a uh, very. I, I probably would ask for an unprotected pick from Chicago, not super duper in the future, so that they think that the. They cannot put it out there, but maybe 2024. They're not giving you unprotected 24. They're not doing that. 2023? I don't think, I wouldn't do that. Not in that draft, I wouldn't. You just don't know what's going to happen. What if Zach Levine falls off a cliff? Like, we don't know. Like, I, they're this not going to do This year? That. Huh? This year? Unprotected 22, do they own it for sure. Let's say they own it. Okay. This story is never going to happen. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, I don't know what I would want for Lou. I mean, if you're getting like the 18th pick or something like that, is mm-hmm. that what you're talking about? Is that the kind yeah, of... Yeah, let's say you're picking the teens. If you're lucky, it's in the lottery. If you don't, it's... Uh, High teens. Oh, probably not. Like. Probably not, man. Like the odds, the odds are that Lou Dort is going to be better than the average pick that's picked in the teens because the average pick that's picked in the teens doesn't play in the NBA that long. <laughs> but the point is that you already have, you already had three years of Lou Dort. Now it's time to pay him. That is where the pick becomes extremely interesting because I have no guarantees that Lou Dort will sign a reasonable deal. And to yeah. me, that is scary because you don't want to spend overspend on guys now. Now is the time where you feel you have everything in front of you, everything is bright mm. because you have absolutely nothing in your cap sheet. But if you start giving Dort 17 millions, mm-hmm. you will regret that in the future. Either he becomes a bona fide 40% uh, three-point shooter plus defense or those 17 millions are awful. Mm-hmm. On your books, so that is that. That's why I also think that the trade needs to be discussed. Again, I'm not sold on like everything. If they say, "Hey, it's a top twenty for some pick," like top twenty protected for some pick, who cares? I mean, just keeping around, and then you'll decide later. Mm-hmm. But say that there is a team that needs him, that want to give you Nick Claxon and a top five protected twenty twenty eight pick. Nick Claxon is like is. He also has to be paid too. Claxon does. I know, but the ballpark money that you're talking for, Nick Claxon, is eight eight millions, nine millions. Yeah, he's not getting anything in the open market. Yeah, I. So I'm, I'm I, suggesting. But I was also going to say, like, I would be more open to a Nick Claxon type of player because that's the kind of guy that they 
they kind of need a player like that eventually, even if Nick is only like off the bench big. Yeah, but again, Kobe White there was not the point. I mean, I'm just targeting a first one pick, mm-hmm. lightly protected, and maybe a guy. Yeah. Um, I think that you have to think about it. The depends on who it is. It depends on who it is. Yeah. Yes. But see, this is my point of view on this. Uh, I would not get... I mean, Miles Turner doesn't make any sense for Indiana to trade for a guy like Dort. No, no, no. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It would have to be a really good deal for me to, to bite on it today. But you may get it right now. That is the, the whole point of selling high. If, if you wait, you're just selling at price or maybe not selling at all. Yeah. I know that you're you're not convinced of that. You're the <sighs> I'm not. captain of Team Dort. I'm not convinced of it. I like him. I love him. I want him on this team. I I think he's good. I think he's a playoff guy. He's a guy that I believe would play in the playoffs for a lot of teams. And I don't. I I feel like I can say that about very few players on this team right now. Very very few. If this Thunder team was suddenly thrown into a playoff series right now, I don't know who on the team would be ready for it. Uh, I know that Lou Dort and Shea would be ready. And that's that might be the list. You know, Kenrich Williams. That might be the list. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Like, that's probably my list of guys where I'm like, hey, if we could... Th- if if any playoff team could just take some guys and just borrow them from the Thunder for the playoffs, to me, those would be your top three. Um, the connection completely dropped, so I just listened to Kenrich Williams, and I will pretend that he will play alone against five guys and be successful. <laughs> I, was just, no, I, mean, I was saying that if any playoff team could borrow players from the Thunder, yeah, it would be Shea, Lou, and Kenrich that I would feel confident about. Anybody else... If a, if a team was like calling to consult with us on the pod and be like, hey, mm-hmm. who do you think is ready for the playoffs? Those, it would be those three. And then everybody else would be like, I have no idea. Like, I don't know that Josh Giddy is, is going to be a good playoff guy at, no. at 19. Like, I know Baisley, no. <laughs> I know no. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, not yet. No. Aaron Wiggins, Favors, probably no. not yet. Favors, no. You know that Wiggins to me speaks about the guy that can probably be the best among the remaining player that you did better than Giddy. Giddy will be destroyed in the playoffs due to physicality yeah. and I'm sure that in the right matchup he can be the most successful. We can agree. Yeah. Um, uh, besides Shea. But I would probably... I mean, you probably can play a guy like Wiggins for 10 minutes. I mean, maybe. He will not provide positive value, but that's, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying is that I think those three could provide positive value. I don't yes. know if Wiggins shot is falling. Sure. Is it a guarantee that his shot is going to fall? No, no, because, I, guess because I think that I think that the most of the Thunder community is overrating his ability to shoot the three ball. And yes, that that will be like a big deal for him. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. He's looked pretty good so far. Catch and shoot numbers are not great for yes. him and that's going to be one of that's going to be his swing skill like he's not yes. like some like crazy elite defender that is like even though he's wearing the same number as Andre like he's not Andre so let's no he's less than that but uh but he has good instincts he does you still have to be able to shoot the basketball sure if you're if you're him and you're low usage like that but he's so smart on offense i like he really knows I like him. I just need to see more. I just need to see sure. a bigger sample of it. Um, I'm not saying all today that, to, that we can... All, yeah, that to, all that to say, just that I'm not ready to give up on Lou Dort. That's all. I'm not saying like he... Good. Let's And let's have the... Let's take a quick break and then let's have the 2023 conversation right after this. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. When it's time for me to find a job, I went right to LinkedIn Jobs. They helped me find the right employer, and it was, man, very, very easy process. 
LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash dunk. That's linkedin.com slash dunk to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back from that quick break. Uh, I asked a question on Twitter yesterday, the day before, I don't remember. Uh, who you think will be on this Thunder team and in the rotation, which is a, a big one because people could be like, hey, maybe Poku's still here or maybe some guy that we just drafted is still here. I don't know. Like, Let's, let's say that they're playing in games. In, 20, in 2023, they are likely to be a, going for the play-in plus you know, in the 23-24 season would be my prediction. So we're talking about where this is a good team now. Who on this current roster is going to be playing? Because I looked back at the Thunder before the Harden draft, and it's they traded for Tabo. He was in. He was somebody that was in the championship rotation, like the playoff rotation. Mm-hmm. It was Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and Nick Collison. It was four guys. That was it. That translated. Yeah, because Ibaka spent a year away. Yeah, Ibaka didn't come over until the James Harden year. So but you can you can you can count on him, like being part of the. But I'm just saying, like at the time, we didn't. Yeah, yeah. At the time. Yeah. Like yes. We're and and we will get probably an Ibaka-like prospect with the Clippers pick in this next draft. So you can call yeah, no, like, I, I, you can I, layer I it however you yes. want to. But I'm just saying that year, which is about where we are at now, if we were to be put on the same timeline as that first team. Now, the, there's a, like a billion caveats that you would have to give. Like yeah. obviously, like they drafted two generational guys and were about to draft another generational guy. I'm not saying the Thunder are like three years away from being in, a, in the championship. It's like don't don't get me wrong there. But I am saying like this is where we're at in the rebuild. And mm-hmm. there are four guys, four, that they yes. ultimately said, it's these are the guys that we're going to stick with. And it was four. So I know that we get a, really attached to a lot of these guys, and we like a lot of them. But odds are, the summer of 2023, there may not be that many. And I think the good yeah. thing, the good thing, is that from what I collected on Twitter, most people seem to understand that. Most people named three to five guys, which is probably the range. Yeah, I I think that we can, um, like, tackle this in tiers. Yeah. Like, tier one, guys that are very, very likely to be there and to be good. Tier two guys that um, are likely to be there. Um, tier three, guys that most likely will not be there. And tier four, guys that are absolutely not be there. Mm-hmm. So I think that tier four is um, Ty Jerome, um, Isaiah Roby, Derek Favors. Um, uh, Paul Watson. Probably Darius Baisley. <laughs> yeah, Darius Baisley put him there, yeah. And did I mention Theo Maladon already? Nope, but we all heard you. Even if you didn't. Yeah, say his I think name. I think he is um, he's there. Yeah. Tier three. Um, I think that uh, we are talking about guys that are either very young or that are attached to the to the team. So I think that Wiggins can be there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the JRE can be there. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike Muscala can be there. Poku. Uh, uh, Poku 
can be there. Mm -hmm. um, tier two, I think that Trey Mann is there. Yeah, I put Trey Mann in tier two. I would almost put Jeremiah in tier two as well. <sighs> you are a yeah. hater. This is not no, saying that I think he's going to be here. I think he's got a chance to be here. As, yes. As like your yes. fourth big. Yes. You know? Yes, he can. He he's, can. And contract-wise, it's likely. He makes sense to be it's, there. It's likely yes. that he's here. He he also just kind of fits Thunder culture in so many ways. He Jeremiah is an incredible, incredible person. Which I do think very much matters to the organization. Yeah, skill, just skill to be a little bit more mean. That's the, the that's fourth. the pro, that's one of the problems, and one of uh, that's a big flaw in several of the guys that they brought in. Is that like he's not mean? <laughs> like, yeah, but not not Kenrich is not mean as a person. It seems like no, but Kenrich is but he's mean, not kind on the court. But he's got even talking to him. Like he's got this like grit about him, where you're like, I love that guy. Exactly. Because he's, but he's so soft, he's, soft spoken. He's got it. But you know, but just talk to him for five minutes, and you know he's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. Yeah. I yeah. think that you can question that a little bit with Jeremiah, and I think you can question that with Trey. Yeah. Like I think that you can be like, ah, they look, are they a little but bit. Trey is so mean the way he play basketball on offense. I pr I will say I have more questions about Trey than I do Jeremiah with, yeah. with within this type of conversation and maybe it doesn't matter like Steph Curry also is like a very sweet guy but he's also a killer I don't know if Trey has I don't know that Trey has even had a chance to come out of his shell enough to show that he that he's got yeah. that you know what I mean and maybe yeah. the same could be said for Jeremiah I don't know sure I d I don't know no, they both they both belong to Trey to tier two. Where I put also Lou Dort. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. And probably also Kenrich. Yeah. I think that these three, uh, I, I rank them in this way. Mm -hmm. So Kenrich, the closest to tier one, Lou Dort, then Trey, and then Jeremiah in tier two. This is my rank of tier two guys. If we get past February 10th and Kenrich is still on this team, bump him to tier one. Yeah, to me, to me is is there. Um, again, this is also related to what you are saying. I mean, Kenrich is a guy that gives a spirit to this team, gives yeah. uh, personality to this team when he's on the court. I love that. I just love that. And I, 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 I was, I was high on Lou also because of that. Mm -hmm. And the, the the thing that I missed the most. It's not the fact that he's a questionable shooters. Mm -hmm. Sh like questionable shooters like Austin Rivers can stick in the league for years and years. And I have no doubts that Ludor can stay there. I just miss the defensive part, the grit, the fact that he's um, eating human beings alive. That is what I want from yeah. Ludor. If he's not giving me that, then it's just another questionable Do you You're frozen right now, and I don't know if you can hear me, but I just wonder if this point in the season if this point in thunder history is the time to bring judgment on to like hardly anybody is my major i was question. so passionate in the the the, the, the line just <laughs> my, my question and i'll rephrase it real quick is do you think that this is the time to be evaluating and making judgments on guys just i th i th I think it's just a weird point in the season. We don't know what physically, we don't know what these guys are dealing with is, is something that is absolutely true. Like normally in a normal non COVID year, we would be in the locker room and I would see, Hey, Nerlens Noel has an awful lot of ice on his knees. <laughs> you know, Steven Adams yeah. is, is covered from head to toe in wraps and stuff after every single game, and he is limping after every single game. That was a reality of what we of what we got to see. Now, what we see is post training room, post ice, post all of that. They're dressed how they want to be dressed. They come in, they walk in the room, they sit at the podium, they talk to us, they walk out. That's it. Like those are our interactions now. So we don't know exactly. 
and don't have a full picture of what these guys are physically dealing with. Russell Westbrook, Steven Adams, Kevin Durant, all those guys dealt with stuff all the time that people wouldn't tell us about. However, we would see Russ with giant ice packs on his knees after the game, sitting at his locker, listening to music, trying to pretend that nobody else existed. You yeah. Know? No, I, I understand what you're saying. And if you look at Raymond Green a year ago, or Raymond Green at the beginning of this season, you can clearly see two very different players. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can say, hey, he was he was cooked a year ago. Yeah. And no, he bumps back. So we cannot... Like we can probably restrain ourselves to do these analysis, or we can do them with the information that are available. To me, let's phrase it this way: If something is wrong with Dort, then something is wrong with Dort. Mm-hmm. But if if everything is right, mm-hmm. I'm scared about the fact that he's not the guy that used to impact the game on defense at such a high level, the guy who makes loud plays on defense. I know mm-hmm. that he does it from time to time. The steal on Fox, that was a loud play. But I texted you, and that was the only play or the first play that came into your mind, and mm-hmm. it was months ago. Yeah, That is important to me. Um, more than the three, I can get by the inefficiencies mm-hmm. if you are something more for this team. But the point is, I see Kenrich taking his place, Wiggins taking his place, yeah. and the team is not soft defensively. Sure. And it's no, not I, I worse on offense. I, I completely get where you're coming from. I totally get it. I'm just not ready to to do anything yet. Also, I don't know who I don't know what picks they have in the draft. I don't know who they're picking in the draft. All yeah. those things are going to be so important in shaping this roster and figuring out who stays and who goes. Yep. And I would put Dort in tier two because of that. Like I'm not certain. Like the fit is not exquisite. And I get that. Yep. However, if you get the right guys, if you got Jabari Smith and a movement shooter and you were confident that Dort was going to be your weak side shooter and then maybe he is dealing with something and he could bounce back and be the, the killer on defense. And also, if he's basically just a guy that attacks closeouts and shoots corner threes, he's going to have more energy to do what he needs to do yep. on the defensive end. Like maybe knocking him down several pegs forms the player that we want. And I'm just not, I've just seen part of the reason why I would be hesitant to trade him or even Kenrich at this point is because I've seen the Thunder organization struggle to find those guys when the time is right. Well, they never struggle finding good defenders that were questionable shooters. Come on. (laughs) They struggled to find guys to pl- that could play and close games. Yeah, them. yeah, I know. Outside I know. What, of, I know. Outside of 2012, and even then, there was some holes in the rotation. They struggled to find those guys: Karan Butler, yeah. Derek Fisher, Corey Brewer, Josh Hustis, like the Raymond, Raymond Felton. Raymond Felton. The list is long. Randy, Randy Foy. Foy. The list is long of guys that it was just like. Fail, 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 fail. Yeah, fail, I know, fail. I know. And I, I know. And Lou Dort is better than all of those guys. Yes. And so yes. that's that's where I'm just. Shall we settle to? It's fine not to make a move right now, unless the offer is too tantalizing. Yeah. And we both agree that his ideal salary is below thirteen per year. I mean that would be ideal, yeah. Yeah, if he if if he takes the extension in March, then like I think all of this is moot because that's a yes. that's a movable salary. Yeah. I, I would less than starter money. You know? Yeah. That is where I think he has enormous value for you. And that is where I, I told you uh, via text and in our group text. I mean, if that is the if he, if he's amenable to that, mm-hmm. Sign me up. That that will change completely the narrative. Yeah, yeah. I I think it will be really fascinating to see. I don't expect a lot to happen at the trade deadline for this team, and perhaps we'll be surprised because I think we were surprised they traded the 16th pick in the draft 
You know, I didn't expect them to do that in the way that they did. Now, there will there could be a team that meets the threshold for Dort, could, that meets the threshold for Kenrich, that meets the threshold for any of these guys. And if they do, they will be gone. Like, that's yeah. the way that it will go. Those guys are not untradeable. Like, neither of them are untradeable. I think the only guys that are likely untradeable are Shea and Giddy because to meet the asking price is going to be too much anyways. And and there are not going to be teams going after those guys. You rarely see guys moved unless they want it on those contracts, yeah. on those that were, that were either just drafted in the top 10 or, you know, just signed a, a max deal for their second deal. You just rarely see those guys moved. They just don't move. Um, everybody else has an asking price and an asking price that could be reasonably met. <laughs> I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. And again, crazy trades happen sometimes in, in history. Yeah. Of course, if a team like uh, Orlando comes to you and say, hey, we'll give you Jalen Suggs, the first one pick, which is the first one pick in this next year draft, and two extra first rounder for Shea, you obviously listen because you have yeah. to. Um, but those are trades that's almost never, ever, ever happen. In Orlando, so, probably not going to do that. They're of course not. That's why. That's what I. That that is what I'm saying. But yeah. you have to say something this crazy in order to to be, um, to be at least like interesting mm-hmm. uh, to the guy. I mean, I, I remember when we were discussing Minnesota and the fact that hey, if the pick lands in the top three, would you listen to? And Edwards plus the top three pick for Shea. Of course you do. Mm-hmm. Of course you do. But it, it has to be an unbelievable offer, which never ever came. I mean, it did for for love, but that was a very different situation. Yeah. And you can tell that for like for Mini, that was not a very good trade. <laughs> well, it it was a trade that uh, moved the needle. Mm-hmm. For, for Cleveland, but not for, for Mini. So even when there is a preposterous offer, um, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's, it, it felt it's not like, a good one. Yeah, they just took the wrong guy at one. or the, Well, I guess they had to trade for him, but still, like the, the wrong guy was taken at one is what happened. Yep. And that's where the draft is so interesting, is that the wrong guy could be taken at one. The, the, certainly in this upcoming draft, the wrong, but come on, even like, was it the wrong guy? Wiggins? Hmm. I mean, Embiid is clearly. The yeah, guy. but come on. I mean, it was not, not a it, sure thing. No, no, no. I'm like, not saying. I'm not, that, I'm not saying. That, I'm that saying that hindsight. Was, I'm saying hindsight. Okay, okay, okay. Yes. But at the, at the time, if you look at that draft, yeah. that was a bad draft. It was thought <laughs> like, to be a it really was, good draft, but it was not. It was very bad. No, it wasn't. I mean, Wiggins had had to be the number one pick. I mean, Embiid had too too many health issue. Parker had a lot of red flags, which were which came to fruition. And then, yeah, what was four? Who was four? Marcus Smart, Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, Smart, yeah. And then, I mean, it was not a very good draft. And I think yeah, that Wiggins is probably close to the same level that Aaron Gordon is. Maybe a little bit worse, but not. Too much. I don't know. I think. I mean, I could even make the argument he's better. Yeah, in the right situation, yes. With the Warriors, Gordon could be yeah. better in in many situations yeah, yeah. more than Wiggins. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. So it's you know, you have to be even lucky. I mean, this draft could be drafted at the top is not that great. So yeah, it it is a a a draft that some people are not excited for at all. <laughs> I can say yeah. that, and. Yeah. You just have to pick the right guy. Like you just, you just have to. You have to find the right guy. You got to pick the right guy. And the Thunder, exactly. I, I have faith in the Thunder. Like they were put in a really crappy position at six in this last draft, and yep. very few teams would have picked Josh Giddy at six. Like I, yes. be, I believe that. Um, and you can base it on the intel that all the draft guys had. Like they didn't have him that high. They were everybody was a little bit surprised that Oklahoma City did that. They thought maybe they knew OKC was interested. They thought maybe OKC would trade up from and like take sixteen and eighteen and package those to get to wherever to get him. They did not yep. think he'd go at six. So 
I trust this organization to make the right call wherever they land. If they land at six again, or if they land at four or three or wherever, you're not guaranteed anything. So uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild ride, and Dort is gonna be a part of the story of this franchise, whether it's that man that was cool and that undrafted guy did some stuff for us for a little bit, or perhaps he is somebody that is around. I don't know. The story is yet to be written on Lou Dort. Yeah. Um, so shall be very interesting. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. If you will leave us a five-star Apple podcast review, those will be read on Friday. If you leave it today, I believe it should be available to read on Friday. The Apple podcast reviews are really weird. Um, if you left one today, I probably wouldn't see it for days. So just be sure that you, if you want that read on the fry pod, get that in. Uh, thanks so much for listening, subscribing on YouTube. We have a lot of people here on YouTube today. Thanks for tuning in. We've got the Fluky in Germany. We have Nate 27. We have Jake McKinnon, Dave Perrick in Madison, Wisconsin. We have Exotic Bars Gaming. We have Chris Ugubine, we have Colin Reed, we have W Rose 27, Alex Bullerjack, Tyler Gibbs, James Latham, Rymad, Spencer Smith, T Dot, uh, H Rogthar. You're gonna have to tell me how to pronounce your name sometime, H Rogthar. Uh, K Plains Drifter, Frank Terman, Augusto Sarmento, Senator Kenneter. Scott Kennedy, James Anderson, Dude Buffet. Uh, let's see. Who else? Thanks so much for getting in the chat, too. It's really fun to have you guys there. Uh, Goblore, Rod Gilman is here as well. Um, Chris Smith, Hoopstock69, as always. Uh, Dylan Angermonkey is here. <laughs> Oh, man, we appreciate you guys tuning in, getting in the comments. Uh, it means a lot to us that you would do this. Uh, Lawrence Field, uh, Poppin is here. Poppin always commenting. Grape Ape, Cody McChicken. We have Cody McChicken. Uh, yeah, thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.